Shelton Love and Kyle Matthews and Robert Blocker have laid their hands on the keys of the piano this morning to gift us. Now, I want to lay my hand on the piano this morning on your behalf, and I want us to share together in the reading of our litany of dedication as we dedicate this instrument to the glory of God in this place. Please read and pray responsibly with me. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We are thankful for the gift of music and the gift of this musical instrument. On this day, we dedicate, dedicate to God the music of this piano. May we use it faithfully for the honor and glory of the Lord. We ask the Lord to bless the hands of those who created this instrument, those who provided this instrument, and those whose gifts will bring the instrument to life. Bless also those who will receive its offerings of music. May our worship be inspired and our service strengthened, for we worship and serve the living God, our rock and our song. start heard God to say let me show you my heart I want to bless the whole world through you come and make my story your story too Ruth heard Naomi say you must go back I cannot give you the things that you lack. Ruth said, Naomi, take me with you. Let me make your story my story too. We can't see the deeper meaning that we long to find. Till by faith we find our place in God's storyline Out from the Galilee We heard a shout Come follow me And turn your life around Love is the answer Hear the good news Come and make my story Your story too seen Jesus die nails in his hands spear in his side Jesus said Thomas come touch the wounds where I've made your story my story we can't see the deeper meaning that we long to find Till by faith we find our place in God's storyline 
on a small crowd. They grew in number with no one left out. Sharing belongings, they were called fools. As they made God's story, their story, our story, your story, my story too. I want to share with you our New Testament lesson from Acts chapter 10. I'm going to read verses 25 through 35 this morning. Now on Peter's arrival at Cornelius's home, Cornelius came to meet him, fell at his feet, and worshipped him. Peter made him get up and said, Stand up, I am only a mortal. And as he talked with him, he went in and found that many had assembled there, and he said to them, you yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to visit or eat with a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. Now may I ask why you sent for me? And Cornelius told Peter, Four days ago at this very hour at three o'clock I was praying in my house when suddenly a man in dazzling clothes stood before me. And he said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been accepted. You've been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He's staying in the home of Simon a tanner. Therefore I sent for you. And immediately you have been kind enough to come. And so, so now all of us who are here in the presence of God are here to listen to all that the Lord has commanded you to say. And Peter began to speak to them, and he said, I truly understand now that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, in the Isaiah text, Isaiah was looking forward to a Messiah. And Isaiah's dream for what Messiah would be, Isaiah's hope and imagination for what Messiah would be was, he would be one who a bruised reed he will never break, and a dimly burning wick he will never extinguish. Peter's in the home of Cornelius. Now Cornelius is a Gentile, not just a Gentile, but a Roman Gentile, and not just a Roman Gentile, but a Roman soldier Gentile who is oppressing people like Peter. And Peter says, God has shown me that I cannot call anyone unclean or profane. 
A bruised reed he will not break. A dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. And God will not allow us to call anyone unclean or profane. So this is the second Steinway I have had the opportunity to be a part of a dedication. Uh, The first one was in Baxley, Georgia. Yes, Baxley, Georgia has a Steinway piano. 20 years ago, when the church purchased the Steinway for First Baptist in Baxley, it was the only, it may still be, it was the only Steinway piano in Appling County, Georgia, and the only Steinway in the five surrounding counties of Georgia. So the church had this wonderful dedication for this new piano that was shipped down from New York. The place was full, and one of the things that we iterated and made sure people understood when we dedicated the piano was, because it's such a beautiful piano and because it played so beautifully, the church decided not to protect it and not to hold it or hoard it, but they made a commitment that every piano teacher in the five counties surrounding and in Appling County could use the church and the piano for their recitals each year. They had to schedule them through the church. They got a day before the recital so that any student could come and practice and play and get used to the piano, and all the recitals were held in the church. It didn't matter if all you could play was hot cross buns or you'd major all the way to Chopin. Every child who took lessons who wanted to had the opportunity to play on the Steinway at First Baptist Baxley. A dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. There's a story told of Paderewski, who was the Polish pianist who lived in the late 1800s, died in 1940. A great pianist. It's a story told about him. By the way, it's not true, but it's told. It's a completely false story from everything that every historian has ever said, but it's a great story, so I'm going to tell it anyway. That Paderewski had scheduled a concert, a mother had taken her child to the concert. Just before the concert was about to begin, the little child wandered off, unbeknownst to the mom, and the next thing she saw, and everyone in the concert saw, the little child had climbed up on the stage, was sitting on the bench in front of the piano, and had started playing chopsticks for the crowd. The security was just about to take him off when Paderewski walked out onto the stage and leaned over the little child and said, don't stop, keep playing. And he played improvisations around chopsticks with this little child on the stage. Okay, the story's not true. As far as we know, but people keep telling it year after year, sermon after sermon, motivational speech after motivational speech, because while it may not be true, there's so much truth in that story that every one of us want to believe that someone's going to come along beside us in our weakness, that God, God's self might even lean over us in our weakness, and no matter how much we're fumbling and searching for the right notes, they're going to say to us, don't stop, keep playing. A dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. Parents often come to talk to me in the office when their children start asking questions about baptism. Some of you have been in there. And you know what I always say. Sometimes the parents say, well, I think my child is too young. I think my child doesn't know enough to be baptized. I think if they get baptized now, they're going to grow up and question their baptism. And I always say the same thing to parents. Let your child be baptized. Children are open to the presence of God in ways that we adults forget how to be open to the presence of God. And if it's their desire to be baptized, let them be baptized. And yes, they may not know enough, or they may not understand enough, or they'll probably question it later, but let's just take a real quick survey. How many of you knew enough or understood what you were doing when you got baptized? 
And how many of you questioned it later? And it's just part of your faith. It's part of our faith. He will not let a dimly glowing wick be extinguished. So the Steinway was brought to First Baptist Baxley. Our church sanctuary was a second floor sanctuary. My office happened to be right underneath the piano uh, on the bottom floor. One day, about six months after the piano had been put in the sanctuary, I heard somebody ripping through a Scarlatti Sonata upstairs on the piano, and I thought, somebody must be visiting Applin County. <laughs> hope, hope nobody's listening from Applin County. And so I went up the steps real quick, and I snuck into the sanctuary and slid into the pew, and there was a strange gentleman there, and he ripped through the Scarlatti Sonata, and then he went into a Rachmaninoff piece, and then he slipped right into a Bach invention, and then I think he felt my presence in the room. He turned around and saw me and stopped and said, oh, I'm sorry, are, are you, do you work here? I said, I'm the minister. He said, do you, do you mind if I play the piano? Do you? I said, no, no, keep playing, keep playing. And then he couldn't play anymore because it's almost as if he had to tell me his story to buy time on the piano. He said, oh, I'm actually a member of the church here. He said, I'm going to be honest with you, years and years ago, I, I, I endured some abuse and hurt here. Uh, left, he said, I went to a, to a prestigious university up north. I've studied piano. It was my life. I moved back home to take care of my mother. I pretty much live as a recluse in my home, but I read in the church newsletter six months ago that you all had dedicated and put a new Steinway in, and it's taken me six months to get enough courage to come over here and walk into the church and sit and play it. I hope you don't mind if I sit here for a little while. I said, you can come as often as you want if you give me lessons. Yeah, everything's conditional, right? He said, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't like to deal with people. I like to just stay in my home. I don't teach lessons. I said, you can come over as often as you want and play the Steinway if you give me piano lessons. And he agreed. And I wound up in piano lessons. And after about a year and a half, he found his way back to church. A bruised reed he will not break. There was an era in church history where we used to tell the world about a Jesus they did not know. Today, most of the phone calls that I get, most of the people who find their way to the, my office, most of the people that I meet to speak with in coffee shops already know Jesus, already know the church, but somewhere along the way they have been hurt or bruised by their faith, and they're trying to find their way back. A bruised reed he will not break. So last week I was in Turkey with 47 pilgrims from our church. By the way, if I ever tell you I'm going somewhere with 47 people from our church again, just say no. <laughs> just say, no, you may not do that. You have to stay home. I'm just kidding. But it was a large group of people to keep up with. We spent a day in Turkey, and while we were in Turkey, we actually went to a Turkish rug factory. Uh, we made our way through the early portion of the factory, the little corridor where women were tying knots on string and pulling down to create these beautiful handmade silk and wool rugs that are made there. Some of the smaller rugs can be made in two, three weeks. Larger rugs can take a year or more to hand tie and make. They were tying the knots and shaving the pile down even. It was amazing to watch. They ushered all 48 of us into a large room, large enough that we sat in chairs around the outside of the room, creating a large open space where a whole group of young Muslim men came in and started unrolling rugs for us and flipping rugs and throwing rugs and spinning rugs. And it was an incredibly grand show that they wanted to be entertaining. 
and hopefully also inspire us to buy some rugs. Uh, these rugs were quite expensive in the hundreds, some in the thousands of dollars, and they had at least 50 of them out on the floor enticing us to buy. Uh, Ahmed is the owner of the factory. Uh, he walked over to me and whispered before they did anything publicly. Uh, he said, I would like, if you don't mind, to present your church, to give your church one of our smaller rugs. Would you accept it if I gave it to you? and shipped it to you. And I said, we, we, would, we would be honored. And he said, there is so much division in our world. This is my peace offering. God has shown me that I cannot call anyone unclean or profane or anyone in any nation who fears God and does what is right. God accepts them. Uh, we got a phone call last week. Uh, I think it was last week, just to let you know. Somebody called. I don't even know if this is true or not. I don't know if it's just, you know, who knows? You get lots of phone calls at church. Somebody called next week and said, we're going to be picketed and uh, protested against next Sunday morning. So bring your cameras. Come ready. There may be people on the sidewalk. In fact, they said there'd be 14,000 people here. I don't think you can get 14,000 people on the sidewalks out front, but, you know, if they're here, what? I, I thought to myself when I heard that, you know, this is a verse we should have been taught when we were children, right beside John 3.16 and some of those other verses. God has shown me that I cannot call anyone profane or unclean. For God shows no partiality. And anyone in any nation who fears God and does what is right is acceptable to God. There's going to be a lot of music made on this piano and there's a lot of music made with our voices, with our songs and our prayers and our sermons. A lot of people come to this place to hear the music. Uh, some of those people have been broken by life. Some have been broken by the church. Some are different, and they're wondering if they're going to be accepted and loved here. So I hope that the music of this piano and the music that our church presents in our voice and otherwise Sunday after Sunday says to every person who enters here, we don't break bruised reeds. We don't take dimly burning wicks and extinguish them. We don't call anyone profane or unclean. That was the hope and the experience of Isaiah and Peter. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Loving God, may we be a place whose music challenges and consoles and inspires and strengthens anyone who walks through these doors. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. And if that's the kind of church you would love to be a member of, we are going to sing hymn number 178, Fairest Lord Jesus. And as we sing this song, you can come forward and unite with this church by baptism if you've never been baptized, or you can simply state that you've already been baptized and we welcome you as a member this morning. You come forward as God's Spirit leads you, and I will stand at the front to greet you. Let's stand together and sing.